The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 bonus episode. Well, it has finally arrived. The Last Jedi is in theaters. I have seen it for the first time only once, unfortunately. (laughs) I'm going to try and rectify that this weekend. But here with you today, I want to talk about seven ways that The Last Jedi defies our expectations. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Alvin Johnson with the Five of Force Legion, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And, you know, my son, that would be Quizmaster Joe, for those of you longer-term listeners of the podcast, remarked to me this evening that I was my usual stoic self watching the movie. I gotta say, when I watch the movie for the first time, whether it was The Force Awakens or Rogue One, like that first viewing is a real tough one for me because I've had so much time spent in and around the the guts of the movie, whether it's, you know, the trailers and the commercials, the articles, the interviews, the rumors and the spoilers and all of that stuff. You know, I gotta get one viewing out of my system before I'm able to see it for what it is the second time, which is, you know, the wonderful entertainment that it's supposed to be. So I'm still in stoic mode, but as I think about it more, I'm getting happier and happier and getting out of stoic mode. So, you know, (laughs) it's coming, it's coming. And I thought that pursuing some of these ways that expectations were defied might be an interesting way to start our discussions about The Last Jedi. Now, I wouldn't necessarily say that these are in any particular order, like, you know, this thing defied expectation more than anything else or anything like that. But I think one of the ones that was probably the biggest defying of an expectation was the actual backstory of the destruction of the Jedi Order and how, all right, we knew there had to be more to the story and it turns out there was more to the story after all, going from Luke lying to Ray about what happened to Ben telling his version of the story and Luke saying, well, okay, yeah, maybe it happened mostly that way, but it didn't really happen exactly that way. But the guilt that Luke was feeling wasn't just about losing Kylo to the dark side of the force. It was the fact that he was actually thinking about killing him and very nearly went through with it and that he ends up being approximate cause for Kylo being Kylo. And yeah, that was rather surprising to say the least. A second way it defied expectations was the takedown of Snoke. Now, I don't know about you, but I did not expect Supreme Leader Snoke to get killed, not only in general, in the movie, like, I fully expected that he would have lasted the whole trilogy. But to get killed, you know, near the end of the second act of the movie, like, not even as a climactic battle situation where he got killed at the end of the movie. No, like, killed midway through, for all intents and purposes. That was rather a shocker. And then 
having it become Kylo Ren as Supreme Leader of the First Order. That was a rather good twist, I would say. A third way that the movie defied expectations is that it really seemed to answer more questions than it actually posed. I don't think we have as many puzzlers about The Last Jedi and its results and what's going to happen next as we did at the end of, say, The Force Awakens or even at the end of The Empire Strikes Back. I mean, if you want to give it the nearest thing to an apples-to-apples comparison, at the end of The Empire Strikes Back, it's, oh my gosh, what is going to happen with Han? How are they going to rescue him? With Lando, it's, can we trust Lando, even though he certainly seems nice and helped them escape, but are they going to be able to trust him? And thank goodness Chewie is there with him, but are they going to be able to trust him? Plus, the Rebel fleet is massed and they're on the run. How are they going to possibly get out of the predicament that they're in? And, oh my gosh, is Darth Vader really Luke's father? Holy cow, what a crazy thing. And Yoda's no, there is another. Who is the other, right? There are a lot of questions that were posed in The Empire Strikes Back that weren't answered. As... It goes for The Last Jedi. Really, the only question you end up with is how is the Resistance possibly going to come back from this utter and complete defeat? The question of Rey's parentage has been answered, and that doesn't really leave us with anywhere to go. We know Luke's part in this has played out, so there's nothing to investigate there. We know that Leia is not going to appear in Episode Nine because they are not going to do any CGI work with her. They've already said that they're not going to do that. So... Yeah, there's nothing there for us to hang our hat on either. Although I will say that I think I know what's going to happen with the Leia situation for episode nine. And I'll talk about that after the break. But yeah, ultimately, we're not going to have really a lot to puzzle about over the next year and a half. And it's only going to be a year and a half because it's supposed to be May of 2019 that we're supposed to get the last episode of this saga so yeah (laughs) it's nice to be able to get it a little bit faster even i mean wow we are really living in a very lucky time for star wars fans a fourth thing that defied our expectations was the nature of powers of the force the way that the force was used in this movie in a couple places were very different from anything that we've seen previously for example leia who as far as we knew, had not invinced any force powers or manifestation thereof, suddenly was able to drag herself back to her capital ship from outer space just by, you know, floating through the wreckage. She's able to command herself to soar through space, which was very cool and surprising, but also, you know, defied any expectation that we had of her force abilities based on what we saw in The Force Awakens and what we heard about in interviews with J.J. Abrams about it, you know, not manifesting the same way that it does with Luke. And then, of course, it's the projection of Luke as a Force hologram and one that could be tangible because he was able to hold Leia's hand while he was doing it. So he was able to utterly and completely fool Kylo Ren into thinking that he was there on crate when he really wasn't. He was just meditating on a rock back on Octu. And so for everybody who thought that Luke might be a goner at the end of this movie you know once you saw that he was a force hologram once you realized it then you're like 
oh my gosh, he is going to survive this after all. And then to have him pass away after the effort of projecting that hologram was a shock to the system. But that was some pretty amazing hologram work by Luke Skywalker. Even if he wasn't there, he was still demonstrating some rather serious agility. And, of course, without <laughs> without them knowing it was a hologram for Kylo to say, train every single gun on that man and to unload a barrage on him and have Hux be like, are you sure you got him? Like, you think you got him? And for him to stand there and just brush a little dirt off his shoulder, that was hysterical. But that wasn't even a force power per se to survive all of that firepower that was unleashed upon him. Although it would have been cool if it actually was. But anyway, yeah, force holograms really a surprising new addition to the uh, panoply of force powers that are already out there. The fifth way that The Last Jedi defied expectations, I would say, had to do with the Kylo Ren and Rey connection. Now, they had more conversations than I ever expected them to with all of the, you know, mind connection things that we found out Snoke was enabling, which was rather cool, <laughs> a good twist. But who knew that they were going to get close enough to actually consider that one would turn for the other and ultimately that they would end up fighting with each other throughout that scene with Snoke and uh, the elite Praetorian Guard, right? Who would have seen the two of them fighting together on the same side coming? And you do think for a moment that when Kylo is thinking about just leaving it behind, you know, seemingly walking away, that it really could be him deciding to be good after all. And then it becomes rather shocking that he is not going to be good after all. And that he wasn't just helping Ray, he was helping himself, which is a very Sith thing to do, right? You know, the Sith, it was always to a master and an apprentice. And the apprentice was basically expected to be trying to knock off the master at every opportunity. But yeah, I thought the connection between Kylo and Rey was very well done and rather unusual for a Star Wars movie where you see the good guy and the bad guy talking and possibly trying to convert one another as a major focus of the way the plot turns. That was rather cool. All right, so a sixth way that the movie defied expectations revolves around Captain Phasma. And this, I think is the only one of the expectation defiances that I would say is an outright negative in a way. I mean, you know, I think back to Kathleen Kennedy being interviewed after The Force Awakens and her saying that Captain Phasma was going to have a much bigger role to play in The Last Jedi, and that was reinforced over the years, and she did not get that <laughs> that expanded role. She did not get to become the bad Mamma Jamma on screen that she is in the Phasma novel. It isn't until rather late in the movie that she shows up, and even then... You know, she just orders an execution and then all heck breaks loose and she has a few back and forth swipes with Finn and suddenly she's gone and that's that. So, yeah, I really felt bummed about Captain Phasma and that we did not get 
more of her in this movie. And the last way I would say it defied expectations is the way that failure as a theme was pervasive throughout the movie, whether it was the short-term failures that can get fixed, like with Poe's malfunctioning X-Wing and not being able to take out that last cannon until it finally does, with the resistance bombers and the near-utter failure of that which ultimately leads Poe to get slapped by Leia for jeopardizing the fleet and getting all those bombers destroyed because he wouldn't let well enough alone. Then you've got Hux's dressing down at the hands of a hologram of Supreme Leader Snoke, which ends up turning out much better for him, thankfully. And you get Snoke tearing down Kylo Ren about his performance. So there's that. There's Luke, of course, who is all about the brooding failure of the Jedi Academy. And then, you know, wanting to tear it down. And Yoda, Yoda showing up to (laughs) tell him that basically this is part of the equation. Then there's the failure of Finn to live up to be the hero that... He's supposed to be in the eyes of Rose Tico, and then their initial failure on Canto Bite in trying to secure the the slicer that they need to get a hold of, and then getting the wrong guy, and I mean really the wrong guy, and ending up getting captured as a result of it. So many things went wrong for both our heroes and our villains, and failure is addressed as something that's, you know, the best learning experience you could possibly have, and so... Yeah, they made it a major part of the action here in The Last Jedi. And that, too, is something that I'm going to be mulling over over the next few days and weeks and months. Now, I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to talk to you about the solution for Leia in Episode Nine. what I think they're going to do. Hang on. This podcast is brought to you by Nissan Intelligent Mobility. And I guess the best way you can think about Nissan Intelligent Mobility is to kind of equate it to having an astromech right inside your car, right? You know, the X-Wings will have astromechs, but in this case, it's not going to plot your hyperspace jump for you. What it is going to do, what Nissan Intelligent Mobility is going to do is things like automatic emergency braking and blind spot warnings and Nissan's new ProPilot Assist to keep you centered in your lane. And it begins the journey toward autonomous driving with advanced driver assist technologies. You can learn more about it at sw7x7.com slash NIM. Yeah, that's the initials for Nissan Intelligent Mobility. Once again, that's sw7x7.com slash NIM. Welcome back. All right, so in loving memory of our Princess Carrie Fisher, which was inscribed on the end titles of The Last Jedi, here is what I think is going to happen with Carrie Fisher's character, Leia Organa, for Episode Nine, Because of the fact that the Resistance is utterly and completely wiped out, I mean, maybe there are two dozen people on the Falcon that got rescued from Crate, and that is pretty much it for the Resistance, since nobody else was answering their distress calls or anything like that. So their numbers are just wiped out. They're gone. There's no way that there can be an active resistance right now. They just have to get the spark going all over again, and it's going to have to happen with a new generation of fighters. So ultimately what that means is that 
the next episode of the saga, episode nine, cannot take place immediately after episode eight. Like it just doesn't work that way because ultimately we have to have a defeat of the first order in episode nine and they're not going to be able to do it that quickly based on where they're at at the end of episode eight. So as a result, I think it's going to have to jump ahead significantly in the future for episode 9. 10 years at a minimum, maybe 20. It's going to have to be enough to be able to bring the Resistance's numbers back to a point where they can mount a credible attack on the First Order. And in those intervening years, Leia will have passed away, hopefully going out doing some wonderful kick-butt thing, but you never know. But she will be referenced fondly, as she should be, in episode nine briefly within the first you know within the first act of the movie i would say within the first 15 20 minutes i think that'll be acknowledged that she passed away sometime in the interim between the last jedi and this 10 plus years into the future that we are for episode nine so that right there is my initial take on the last jedi looking at seven things that defied our expectations and i will be talking more about the last jedi over the coming days and weeks and months too so hang with me for that Thank you, as always, for listening, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7, and hey, before you stow away on a Trade Federation landing craft, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And please support the podcast by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not a short negotiation, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.